Well, hey there, sweet peas. Welcome back to season six of Friendless. I'm your host and eternal pal, James Evermanko, back once again to ask what it means to be a friend and whether or not I've been a good one. To kick this new season off, I've got special guest film and TV costumer and recovering theater kid, Rachel Alexander. Rachel and I discuss what it means to be good enough, the struggle to make and maintain friendships, who's our favorite horror monster, and what it takes to be a bear on film. All that and so much more, you're gonna love this interview, but for now, let's just dive right into Rachel Alexander here on Friendless. Okay. Okay, well, okay, so we are here with a very special guest. We have the one, the only, Rachel Dion Mathers Alexander. That is my full name. You're right. Nailed it. Thank you. I couldn't remember if the Marshall or the, or sorry, the Mathers or the, or the Dion came first. Um, they're interchangeable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. I don't even, I don't even know how that, uh, that's, this is not maybe a very strong way to start an episode with like, here's an inside joke <laughs> between two people. Or maybe it's the best way to start an episode. <laughs> Get on board. Yeah. Honestly, you better laugh. <laughs> Um, I don't even know where that started. I just, I just remember it was just the chaos of pride. The it chaos just, of pride. It was it just true. And it was deep. It was like the Sunday or even maybe the Monday of like, yeah, we were in it. We were in it. <laughs> in it. It's true. To the, like, I, I know that I had a wonderful Saturday. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you why or what <laughs> happened or who I was with, who I saw. Nope. Don't know. Nope. nope. But I had a great time. Yes. Until I did the old Irish exit. Yeah. I said, you know what? I'm done here. And I just left. <laughs> you know, that became uh, a bit of a staple for the weekend. Uh, there was it a lot did. of just like, there was a lot of just like, hey, wait a minute. Where did Tony go? You know? Totally. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're just like, uh, hmm. Hmm. which and honestly, Better looking back, probably should have been like better at being at least like sending a text to mm-hmm. my friends be like, Love you guys. I'm out. Bye. Yeah. Instead of just like leaving. Because even on the last day, I can't remember when we were at Fruit Machine and it was like really late and really hot and really sweaty. I can't, I think it was like me and like four other people. And we all just like collectively were like looking at each other and we're like, I think I might be done after yeah. this song. Yeah. And so then we were like figured out or we were like, all right, we're going to leave. We'll try to find people to say goodbye. Couldn't find them to say goodbye. Ended up just leaving. Yeah. And then the next day, Taylor got so mad and was like, nobody said goodbye yeah how dare you yes this is not okay yes he was like kind of mad but like not really mad but like kind of mad he's taylor mad yeah and i was like honestly you're right babe yeah you're right i'm so sorry yeah it was a funny thing because it was like you know like in the depths of what we were doing at fruit machine you know like in the moment you don't really care and then you and then you kind of snap out of it and you're like oh i should have really cared totally like, that was like actually bad friends like literally on both sides of like i should have been looking out a little bit more too you know T- absolutely um, but uh but it was just so like it was beyond moist in that room it was it was what is a word more than like um, it was like it was like jungle it, it was, was like humid it, it was thick it was disgusting yeah. it was dense is what dense. it was. Yes. It was a dense wall of just sweat humidity. Like the the feeling of like moving through thick space. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like <Not> like it's literally <laughs> I yeah, no. Not for me. And I hate being too warm. Yes. Like if I get too hot, I will have a panic attack. Yeah. Like absolutely. Or I'll feel like so nauseous. Yeah. This is actually really weird. If I get too hot, 
I'll feel really nauseous and I'll be like, oh my God, I have to throw up. Yeah. I'll sneeze and it'll all go away. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And That's I've the tried to like Google, but like, yeah. is a sneeze, re- like what is happening? Like, yeah. why is that? It's, it's ending a my, I guess so. It's ending my discomfort, <laughs> but I'm like, it just seems so too simple. It seems too yeah. simple. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like, I feel like, uh, you know, my therapist would say, lean into it. Just lean into the sneeze. Right. Just, you know, <laughs> if it's working, trust it, you all know, right. until it doesn't work and then try it again. That's true. Hey, <laughs> that's what life's all about. <laughs> <laughs> so Rachel, all about. Um, before we get too deep into this, I feel like we could just spin out instantly um um i want to start with uh uh just kind of an overarching introduction question for for the listeners um who the hell are you who the hell am i i ask myself that every day (laughs) every day (laughs) do you have feelings Um, of emptiness and so many so (laughs) many um my name is rachel i am 29 years old i've lived in vancouver for six years from calgary originally i'm from calgary is what i meant to say um yeah, I'm just a silly old gal, <laughs> just <laughs> just doing what I can, yep. you know, doing my best. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Jesus and Christ. learning. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little about me. <laughs> does it does it feel like? I don't want to use the word disappointing. Does it feel frustrating when y- when you find yourself saying things like "I'm doing my best," but it's like your best is like surviving yeah not thriving right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. oh just spooked me sorry <laughs> you do the best, trauma right? a little jumpy <laughs> <laughs> um yeah absolutely absolutely but i also think that your best is different every day yeah. so like if if like today i'm like kind of hungover not really hungover if my best is just like coming hanging out chatting going home smoking weed and feeding myself dinner Mm -hmm. and if that's my best party on yeah tomorrow my best is going to be waking up at the crack of fucking dawn get it wait can i swear oh of course you can okay great thank you so much (laughs) fuck yeah um tomorrow my best is going to be like waking up at the crack of dawn working like 16 hours do it like really and like and that's also my best. Mm-hmm. So I think that like my best can change every day based on my energy levels, how I'm feeling, what's going on with me, where's my mental health that day. Mm-hmm. So I think that in when I like look over it all, I'm like, yeah, that's actually kind of disappointing that my best is just trying not to die <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and being sad. Yeah. Um, but then it's also like break it down farther than that. Like, what was your best today? Mm-hmm. And then just like celebrate that. And like, and that's something that I've started practicing with myself. Is I'm like, on hard days or whatever, feeding myself is always a challenge. I fucking hate eating. I Literally. if I could take a pill for like each meal and it would give me nutrients, energy, whatever I needed. I ate ugh. yesterday. Yeah. I like. Why do I have to do this again? Why? Why do I have to do it <laughs> multiple times a day? I have to do it. As g- I have to do this in a few more hours. That is, I did not sign up for you that. Fucking hassle. I didn't. Thanks sign up a lot, for that. mom. Literally, thanks for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. And also for so much. Well, thanks for so know, much, mom. Uh, um, <laughs> maybe well, for yours. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? She was just doing her best. Oh uh, well, yeah. <laughs> Changes every day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it is that thing of like I I love that framing and it it's funny it's funny hearing you explain it is actually really in line with a lot of the w- work that like I've been doing with my therapist about 
letting go of those ideas of perfection and those ideas of like symmetry and totally. meaning you know like nothing means anything no there's no meaning anywhere no. it's just it's it's actually just surviving that's it right you know and yeah. and and the fact that like best is um on a scale that you decide yeah right absolutely like i just said the best sentence that you i said mm-hmm. in a minute there it was <laughs> there it was edit that <laughs> I love that. Do you do you find yourself like do you have a bit of like an internal scale for that stuff or does it or is it contextual to again like just contextual to the day of like well knowing what was going in and what I had done before and yada yada you know like do you do you have like sort of like a a, a bit of a rigid parameter or does that become flexible as well? I think it becomes flexible and I think it also kind of like comes in as like a little bit of like a savior on my bad days where I'm feeling mm-hmm absolutely useless can't do anything all of the bad feelings i can be like well you did your best Mm -hmm. and if your best was just feeding yourself some dinner taking a shower Mm -hmm. doing whatever smoking some weed i don't know writing in your journal and then i'll take a moment and i'll thank myself Mm -hmm. for doing those things Mm -hmm. and i'm like thank you for feeding me even though we really didn't want to, <laughs> even though we hate food. Yes. Thank you so much for feeding me. Yeah. I know you didn't want to make me anything, but you did. Yep. And I know I didn't want to eat anything, but I did. So yes. thank you. I'm a we, apparently, <laughs> in my brain. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, I mean, that's another, not to, I mean, look, um, this is going to be a reoccurring uh, event in this episode and probably throughout the rest of the podcast is um, uh, like season in general of, I'm going to be referring to like, well, my therapist and I have been doing this, but, um, but, uh, we talk all the time about like creating personas within ourselves and like, and like allowing yourself to slip into um, characters in your mind that perform certain tasks. Right. You know? And so it's like, yeah, I, you know, we do contain multitudes, you know? Uh, And I almost, I see that almost as a bit of a facet of like, you know, obviously there's conversations around like, you know, pronouns and, and, you know, how we address each other and, and I uh, sometimes I feel like that's only scraping the surface of a much deeper conversation of like what is it to be an individual and what is it to address those sort of like the internal cosmos that we each carry, you know, and like thousand percent. I, I don't think that anyone is an I you no. know, or a he or a she. I think everyone is a they. Everyone is a we. Exactly. You know, right? it, like, like and yeah, it, yeah, I completely lost what I was going to say. But yeah. <laughs> That's not to erase, you know, I know, I know, you know, I I think one of the things, you know, not to backpedal on anything, but it's like, I think that's one of the things that I find most frustrating about these conversations is that it all comes down to pedantics and language is inherently flawed and inherently limiting. And so, right, you know, so it's like, it's like the, the, the concept of the concept of pronouns is sort of inherently silly because it's like, it's trying to box in something that is unboxable and also why do we need to why do we care exactly why do we care why is this the thing you're deciding to die on like yeah why do you get like someone has told you they'd prefer to be called this and you're suddenly like threatening to kill them like the world is burning (laughs) people are dying the world is terrible yet that that right that is not okay but that's not okay literally stop and like going back again, we're all just doing our best yes. and just trying to survive yep. and be okay with being alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I don't know me at least. Literally. <laughs> and it's like 
if if me as a human being can do something so simple as just listen to another human being mm-hmm. and respect what makes them feel better mm-hmm. and like they can be their best mm-hmm. wh- what why no no skin off of my back right okay yeah all right yeah let's go like why do people actually fucking care <sighs> you know i work with um a lot of gen xers and you know you know straight men in their 50s you know and um and it's just so apparent i mean you know the simple way to put it is like men just aren't okay but um but like there's just such an ingrained like there's so much shame involved in the internal process for men to like not know something and not be good at something and so it's been bred into them that if you make even a simple mistake that's akin to like death because you're now no leader the optimal ideal leader of the pack you know and and so rather than like adapting and and learning and in, in taking in new information and, and adjusting they would rather just shut it down you know because that protects these like deeply fragile little little cub in them you exactly know? and that's and it's it's just so sad yes like well, it's well, so it. yeah. sad and it's also it's hard because it's sad when you can like look at it from that point of view and be like i can i can try to understand this mm-hmm. And then it's also at the same time so extremely frustrating oh, deeply, that yeah. it just like has the effect that it has and continues mm-hmm. to have. And mm-hmm. the scale of that the and the that is just exactly. And it's yep. just it's like, OK, it's not your fault, but it also is your fault. Mm-hmm. And it's also all of our faults. Big time. And like and we as just a collective, mm-hmm. <laughs> I I mean, I'll say it. I think we failed. Oh, 100 percent. I'm like quite sure of that 100 percent. and there needs to be a new new world order and <laughs> i think that that's why everything's on fire right now i i was talking the other day about um how a really good uh pro wrestling faction would be uh uh the no world order because <laughs> that was the old one was the nwa the new world anyway um that's good but it's like it really is this thing of um oh shit the like just the fact that like Society is like collective mental health, and yeah. and and there's a saying that uh, I hear a lot that's um, like your your mental health and your mental conditions, you know, whatever it is you're struggling with, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility, right? Yep. Right. And so it's like you know, whether it's you know these these straw men we're creating, or it's us, or it's society as a whole, like we are the you know, for lack of a better word, we are the victims of what's come before us. And we are, you know, we don't have a choice as kids. These things are imposed on us. They're bred into us. They're normalized in us. But then as soon as we start seeing the cracks and as soon as we start seeing the questions and then don't adjust to them, that becomes our fault. thousand percent. And it also really directly affects our entire collective karma as an entire world. And I think that what, the world that we're living in right now is is a result of the collective karma that has been racked up over the last however many years Big and time. now we're dealing with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well and that's just you know the the idea of like just kick the can right you know just kick it ahead yeah. don't deal with it now we can deal with it later you know like exactly it's, and y- yeah it's 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 really it's frustrating it's really disappointing and then 
I, you know, I struggle with this stuff. I struggle with this stuff a lot because it's like I I can slip into doom and gloom so easily, and there's so much today that makes you want to just do that. Absolutely. And then there's moments. I think it was even. I think Sarah might have said it about like, you know, people have been having kids. Like, you know, I, it was a conversation we had months and months and months ago about like, I don't think I want kids because like, how could I ever like have kids in this future? And she was saying, like, you know, people have had kids through everything. Like, there's always been people having kids, you know. The only time people will stop having kids is when there's no people. And, like, yeah, maybe you that's the trajectory we're on. But it's, like, shit, you know, dinosaurs survived the meteor, you know. <laughs> True. <laughs> they just became birds. Exactly. And that's why they I hate seagulls. And know? that's why <laughs> I hate seagulls. <laughs> hate them. Hate them. Fuck seagulls. Tiny little dinosaurs. Little motherfuckers. But, but sorry, you were, I got you off there. Oh, I don't. I just am about seagulls now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they are tiny dinosaurs. They are. They're legit. Like, oh my god. Um, have you ever? Did you ever come across the book? It was called something like. Oh fuck! It was called something like the life and times of dinosaurs or some shit or like the rise and fall. I think it was the rise and fall of dinosaurs. Ooh, majestic. Fucking incredible book. And it and it one of the chapters opens with like him describing watching a dinosaur, and then at the end he's like, yeah, and it was a fucking seagull. And you it know? was right? a it, seagull. Right. Thousand. That's so weird. And also, no, yeah. Because they did all those, like, genetic maps of, like, they can trace them back. Right. And it's, like, it is their direct evolution. And I feel like know? there's, like, some, like, fish that are technically dinosaurs. I think or, so. like, y- yeah, mm, the world is so weird. It's so weird. Evolution fucks me up so it's much. It's so weird. I, I, you know, I, obviously, I fall on the side of believing evolution. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Know? It's more fun. <laughs> right? Right? You know? <laughs> um, I, I don't think that there's, like, a grand master plan. I don't think that there's some spooky man in a robe, like twisting our fates but like i mean that would be kind of fun if that was true but he'd be really perverted serious and do you listen to modest mouse i I have i can't remember there's a song oh gosh i can't remember what it is but it basically touches on the the idea of a god and it's like if there is a god what a sick fuck yes right and also, why do you care? Like it, it's, I can't. I think it's Bukowski, the the mm. song where the line is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I remember hearing that like probably like for the first time like twelve years ago, yeah. and it just being like, <gasps> <laughs> Whoa, yes, God is a pervert. He's so if weird. he's there, right? just creeping around watching the shower. Stop, oh, weirdo. Stop Leave me it. alone. Leave me alone. I just want to wash my butt. I wonder. Oh, never mind. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I wonder if through God's eyes, mm. when he's let's say there's a God. Yeah. I don't want to talk as if I believe in one. He just loves. I my believe butthole. in something. Sure. I don't think it's one man. No. Being. No. Person. Who be. had a son. You know. Anyways, of course, I of digress. Course. Yeah. I digress. Um, I'm just like imagining God like watching, being like, you know, going through his like security screens, like flipping the <laughs> flipping the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> next, next, next. Like someone's in the shower. There's like a little sensor over like their crotch or like over their chest. Just like <laughs> <laughs> pixels. <laughs> like, but then I'm like, no, God would not do that. No. If he no. Because he's too much of a what? A pervert. pervert. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Oh no, no, no. He invented pixels for other people. Yeah. Because you know? he was like, no one can play God. He's too covetous, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, but but the the thing about evolution, it just like the scale of it fucks me up, and the like the 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 concept of it. And and I know someone much smarter than me could explain it on a very simple level. Maybe. But it's like it it just fucks me up that it's like there's there's wolves, right? There's wolves, and and all these wolves have black fur, and then the wolves somehow find themselves um, in in wintertime 
and and just by like will and mating thousands of years later those wolves are white now and i just like i i i just don't fucking get it it's literally <laughs> i know? do not get it i do not get it like, uh, yeah especially stuff like that where it just is so like na- natural because yes. even like growing up in calgary and having like we always had hairs running everywhere through mm-hmm, the garden mm-hmm. and stuff and you would literally watch it in real time, little like brown hairs jumping through your yard in the mm-hmm. summer, and then slowly start to turn white. And it's like, as how did the you months that? go? Yes. And it's like, uh, uh, how does your body know that? How do you know this, rabbit? Yeah. And why can't my hair do that? Literally. Why can't I do that? Or do I do that? And I just don't like not like physically with hair color, well, but like I get do, to do we really do slowly. certain things? Yeah, literally, right? it's called it really aging, yeah. my love. <laughs> literally, I get to just rot slowly. Yeah. You know? um, it's a one-way street. I do eventually go white, but it's that true. just means I'm closer to death. Yeah, not you know? with the seasons. No, no, just with the seasons of life. The seasons of love. Five hundred twenty-five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly having PTSD. Yeah, on what's that up? One. We're theater kids. Good lord. On, you know what? Let's pivot here. Um, on the subject of theater, so you know, coming from coming from Calgary, you went to U of A for for the uh, for the tech theater I stream. I sure did. Um, what convinced you? Like, what 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 got you into theater in the first place? In you know, yeah. as you were, as you were young. Totally, because so when I remember, I was choosing courses for high school, like graduated university or <laughs> junior high. <laughs> graduated university, <laughs> went to high school. You know, Benjamin Button. Um, <laughs> graduated junior high, was picking courses for high school, and I just picked a drama class. And my mom literally sat me down and was like, Rachel, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you're you're quite shy. You're quite reserved. Like, group, like you, she's trying to imagine me as, like, a really awkward, bullied child yeah. being in drama. And she's like, oh, no. Like, don't do Even it. Even the theater kids are going to bully exactly. you. Exactly. And I, and I, there was just something where I was like, ah, mm, no, I'm, mm, I want to do it. want to do it. And I had like an incredible drama teacher, incredible drama, little like family all throughout high school where I met Jake as well, who's like best friend, super long term. Yeah. And, and so then like being in that in high school, I was like, this is a world I love. I love this like whole, and there's also, there were lots of options. I was like, I can be on stage or I can be behind the scenes. And in my high school, we didn't really have tons of like behind the scenes stuff that you could do in high school. But whenever there was like a big like production that was being put on, our drama teacher would try to be like, does anyone want to do makeup? Does anyone want to do like help with costumes? Yep. Just kind of like get that world, like introduce us to that world a little bit. And then someone came from the U of A to talk to our class about the BFAs in Edmonton. And I was like, absolutely, that's the dream. Because I also, like, my favorite courses in high school were drama and art. Of course. And then I was like, maybe I can combine these two worlds and do, like, behind-the-scenes drama and still, like, you know, just, like, make a little, mm-hmm. make like, consolidate the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how the whole trajectory to university went. Mm. And then it continued to kind of narrow a little bit as I was going through technical theater and was trying, and everyone in my class... They all had a niche. One guy, two guys were like wizards at sound, like absolute wizards, could do anything. I would always help, or they would always help me because I was just not the best at sound. But I was like good at paint and props. And like the other girl was really great at like lights. And it was, everyone had their own niche, but I was just fine, kind of felt like I was just floating through 
them all was it because because uh, you were telling me before we started recording that the the U of A program for the tech theater stuff is like super super uh, exclusive right yeah it's so kind of weird like ten people or exactly something, yeah is and that, so is that so that makes them kind of like best of the best kind of thing I or think like so I and uh, and also just because you have you have access to so much when there's only like six of you in the class you can totally. and like your teachers. It's, it was an interesting dynamic because, like, you'd be in class with a teacher and then you'd go to your practicum and you'd be working with your teacher. So it was, mm -hmm. like, it was just everyone would kind of, like, change positions as the day went on and, like, the relationships that you would build. And then you'd just be, like, talk to your teacher and be, like, I really want to do more about this. So, like, even outside of classes and stuff, yeah. if you showed an interest in it, you had everything at your disposal to just dive into it. So, and I think, th yeah, that's why they kind of ended up in the program is like the two guys in particular super good at sound were like this is where we want to be so that we can kind of do that whereas Developer. me i was like i just want to do it all right want to do it i want it all <laughs> <laughs> and that ended up um how, so how do you end up as as like a costumer on on film through that yeah so as i graduated university i was like okay wait backtrack um when I kind of <laughs> skipped your head I didn't mean to No, it's fine, yeah, it's fine, yeah, it's yeah. fine. Um there was a show that we did in high school. It was called Lifeline mm. featuring Jacob Blakely. Love who was it. in it. And it was loosely based off of like Lord of the Flies, kind of like plane crash, students stranded, have to survive. Um and so they needed some like makeup for that little cuts bruises dirt whatever and so i was on like the makeup team mm. and i was just like this is so fun and it was like yeah. working with blood which i've always i'm like a big horror gal i Fuck love yeah. monsters i love all of that and that really sparked like that fire in me of like oh i really like this yeah. so then when i graduated so then i like that was high school went through university and there was nothing there was never anything about makeup or anything like that's just wasn't touched on especially in theater like we both know how theater goes and it's like when i did my thesis in my end of my fourth year i was so sick of the symbolic blood mm. i was like i'm so the ribbon i was literally the just one gonna red say ribbon. i can't yeah. i can't and yeah. so my thesis i literally like created and rigged up this like live slit throat effect yes. that could be done on stage like actor operated yeah. and just like actually have blood and like make the blood recipe so that you could get it out of the costume so yeah. that it could play day after day after day after day. Like the like in Adam's family when they do the little play and they cut off each other's totally, arms. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so like that was my thesis and it was really funny because teachers were like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yes. We're like, we have never seen anything like this. And I'm like, I know it's because your ribbons are stupid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. time for time for something new mm -hmm. and so then that i was like this is fucking sick i gotta i gotta go to makeup school yep. and so that's what brought me to vancouver i did a global makeup program mm -hmm. at blanche mcdonald which was both like like fashion and like wedding makeup as well as like special effects and all of that Very stuff cool. um and so then graduated from that being like i really want to be a special effects artist but obviously when you're starting out in the industry you don't just like go straight up to doing blood and gore sure. you're doing powder and lipsticks and right. all you've of that. You've got that, that little kit on Literally. the set. You've got that yeah, little, I sure love do. those little kits. Sure do. Yes. Um, and so, and then I did that for like a little bit just on some like, like Hallmark movies. And it just like, I didn't like it. I sure. was like, it was stressful because I, I like beauty makeup was never my forte. Like mm -hmm. gore is. 
Um, and so, like, I just, like, wasn't really vibing with it. And then, s- like, there was a very serendipitous moment on one of the movies I was working on where one of the costume girls got sick and they didn't have anybody that could come in the next day and cover costumes. And I was on a makeup assist and I wasn't needed the next day. And I was like, listen, I have this theater degree. I've worked in costumes before. Like, can I help out? Mm-hmm. And so I ended up on that movie, would jump back and forth between costumes and makeup Amazing. on the same show, which was really fun. Yeah. And also, like, really validating for myself because I Big the time. imposter syndrome is like you wouldn't believe. Oh, yeah. Um, but to, like, step up and then prove it to yourself. Exactly. Right? And yeah. yeah. And then have people be like, oh, okay, well, she can just do everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. You're kind of right. You do need you any help in props? Do you find I I, I want to keep hearing the story? I just I, I I got this pop in my brain yeah. about like one of the things that I I have learned recently about um sort of like dealing with like trauma and dealing with traumatized people and and sort of holding space for other people's traumas is 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 what you do is you adjust your behavior not in reflection of helping them but you adjust it in reflection of helping you. Because it's like if someone's trauma manifests as like volatility um, and you can recognize that, okay, they're not actually volatile. It's like Uh, they're triggered and whatever. Exactly. And so you learn how to remove your trigger from it. And so you actually help yourself first. It's it's like the idea of like the airplane masks, right? You put your mask on first before before you help someone else. And, And I wonder like is that kind of what it felt like in a way of like, you know, like if you're if you show up and you're helping yourself and you're proving it to yourself and then other people get to see it and that sort of cascades down from there. No, absolutely. Totally. It's like healthy ego. Exactly. And I think that like I really needed it at that Mm -hmm. time too. And I was like, yeah, like moving to Vancouver was like a really weird thing. Um, Super weird. And we'll get into that later as we talk about community. Big time. Um, But now I'm just thinking about community. Gore and stuff. Yeah. And so then... I was I did both positions on that and then everyone and their dog is a makeup artist in Vancouver like there's so many and I found that there weren't as many costumers and so there were more jobs there so I just kind of like made that slow segue and also like still really enjoyed it and also got a little bit more freedom to start playing create creatively because I would be putting blood on clothes. Right. I would be like, oh, my God, this guy got like shot in the neck in a car. How would that? So work? then I like get to paint the clothes. And it's fun because I get to do it before they go on set. Yep. So I can just like go into the office, like put my AirPods in and just like fucking play with blood and mm-hmm. paint blood. Mm-hmm. And it's like so fun. Fuck, so that was super fun. So that was kind of how like that whole I feel like I've been talking for like so long. No, this is fabulous. This okay. Is, I'm just like, I'm riveted. Great. I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's my, if, if I'm not staring right at you, it's purely just my ADHD. It's I'm just literally like, same. If I'm looking anywhere else, I'm actually listening better. No, so, no yeah. problem. No problem. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I kind of like ended up in costumes. And I've been working in costumes for like probably five years or so now. And so you're deep yeah, in it. Kind of. I love it. Yeah. It's been good. It's, and it's just like, it's so fucking fun. Yeah. Like, and I love my job. Like, I. Love I that love my job so much you know do you find how do i put this um you know i have thoughts doubling back to the idea of like that high school family thing with theater and the idea of like i i've really grown to see the sort of like almost like the way that kids describe their like theater family in high school as like sort of like cult grooming to like normalize 
like and they sort of trick you it's sort yeah. of like they 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 give you this like yeah this is what it'll always be like and then you get to university and they all just like they tear you down and abuse Literally. you and, and yeah. traumatize you and then they send you out in the real world and then that's what it's always like is just like even worse because yeah. now you actually have to pay rent you know also you have to pay back all those student loans yeah. now you know there's so many so many payments right there's so many payments um but then like i've noticed a different and obviously there's other kinds of problems but i've noticed a different kind of culture and a different kind of like engagement with film um um in that there is a little bit more joy i don't know if it's just because there's more money there or not but mm-hmm. it's like and i know that there's hierarchy and i know that there totally. are those problems but like what what has your experience been like in in terms of the sort of like communal mindset of film versus totally. versus theater yeah well and it's been nice because for the l- like for the last 5 years i've really worked i've worked for lots of different production companies and lots of different designers yeah. but i have one that i work for a lot so every time you go on set it's all the same crew so like when you film a hallmark movie it's shot in 3 weeks right. you have 3 weeks of filming and then it's done on to the next one so like they're definitely like when you're on set it's fun because like it's and I didn't feel this more like in theater when I was in theater, but each department is literally their own thing. Mm. Like mm-hmm. versus in theater, it's kind of more of like an all hands on deck. I'll help yeah. you. You help me. We're on film. It's like, please don't touch my shit. Right. Like, do not. And you're like, oh, sorry, I was trying to help. And they're like, I appreciate it. Don't. Yeah. Like, just don't. And I love the segmentation. I love that shit. I'm like, totally. yeah, do your job. I'll do mine. Exactly. Leave me alone. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and there is still room of for course. like, you know, like helping someone out, opening door, whatever. <laughs> sure, like, yeah. Yeah. Something falls off of a cart. I'm not going to be like, not my department. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, so I'm not going to be a fucking bitch about it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. and then, and then, so it's, oh, Lord. Um, just flying that over there. Woo. Love it. Love Woo. it. Um, but yeah, it's, I kind of do agree that the community in film kind of feels a little bit more, it feels more stable. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is because it, there's more money in it, yeah. which, is stability for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and i've never found theater to be stable so i think that along with when you're working on like a theater production for like however many weeks or months or whatever it is there's always the looming of like what after what after and that still exists in film but it exists with a little bit more certainty of there will be something yeah um and so yeah i feel like yeah it's a really different kind of like communal experience on at film but i really like it mm. like i really like it it's it's almost like you know like when you you know you talk about that thing about like you could get the best theater gig in the city um you know you could land a role at bard or you could land a role at uh, art club or something but you're not you know that's like your a that's like your one contract that year yeah right and so already it's like yeah and 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 there's also no guarantee of coming back. And and uh, what I've found in film is, like, it is harder to get in, but once you're in, you're in. Totally. You yeah. know, like, they're, they're, it's very rare to, like, r- not grow. Exactly. It, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it's and, so true. You know, I guess it's, yeah, again, I'm sure there's lots of parameters around that. There's lots of structural stuff. Yeah. But it's, like, but it's, um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm so interested in the film scene here because I, I, you know, I was getting into it in Calgary hmm. and then I moved to Saskatoon and there's no film there no. because they abolished the tax credit. So nobody mm. goes there anymore. Um, so for like four years, I was just out. And now coming back here, I just don't like I, I've just I've put my energy elsewhere. Totally. And so yeah. it's like I feel like 36. I mean, I know I'm not too old or anything like that, but it's like 
I just don't know if I have the energy to get back to it. Of you course. Know? If, if, unless, like, an opportunity just, like, lays itself out in front Literally. of you. Literally. That it's Because yeah. it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work yeah. and a lot of energy. Especially being on the outskirts and trying yeah. to break in. Like, yes. that was... That was impossible, yeah. it felt like. Yeah. And it took a, a while. Yep. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because I think that, like, when, like, theater family in in, in high school, it was, it was so baby. Yes. You know, like, we're all growing. We're all new to this. Mm-hmm. We're all evolving. And so it's it's a very different dynamic being, like, we're going through this together mm-hmm. versus like having a career with other people and it's their careers and you don't get that like that sense of wonder that yes. like that that sparkle kind yeah. of that you had I guess like as a child or whatever sure. but it's also like it exists in other moments which is yeah. really fun it's like it's not yeah like there's you kind of have to look for it, but it's really wholesome. Yeah. It's really wholesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Film sets are a blast. Film They're sets so are so fun. fun. I, 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 I do wonder if it's because everybody is like kind of like manic from sleep deprivation. Yeah. But, um, but um, yeah, uh, just like the the antics that you get up to and just like the little stories. Like I, I, I like I spent like a week on the set of The Revenant years ago. Hell yeah. And and just like the Oh stories. wait, you were the bear. I I was the, that was You me. were the bear. Wait, let me let me see if I can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's you, it. That's I would one. recognize thank that you. growl anywhere. One of the one of the stories I will I will tell until the day I die is that my laugh is the only thing that actually made it into the movie. <laughs> like you can fully like there's a shot, there's a scene transition I was one of the French trappers, and um, there's literally a scene transition where it's just this like endless open in ritu landscape, and then my laugh just, laugh just echoes through the mountain. <laughs> Honestly, that's incredible. It's, I was very proud of it, uncredited, yes. but I still hey, still counts. I know. We know. I I saw it in the theaters, and I heard the laugh, and then I laughed, and it was the same laugh. Whoa, <laughs> so that's good. It was funny. That's good. People are like. He's wait, here. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Is that the laugh guy? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's the laugh guy. Oh, fuck, man. I think yeah. I'm sitting by the laugh guy. <laughs> That's a really funny. I wa- I wish I was in that theater. Just to watch other people. Right? Not right? the movie. No, just no, to no, watch no. other people reacting to scene. the laugh guy. <laughs> But so it's good. like, but it's like you know, you're 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 filming like yes, technically you're filming all day, but it's like the actual cameras are rolling, you know, so little, yeah. and so there's so much downtime. So just like the shit people, exactly like the shit you have to do to spend a day, exactly. You know? No yeah. phones, you know, like it's just also like, that fuck yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, no, you're so right. the The stories mm-hmm. that happen are just like. Unreal. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. And it's also like every set is so different and like every director is so different and every tone is so different mm-hmm. that it's like you like there's just this never ending number of yeah. funny things that could potentially happen. Have you um have you had any like because, you know, you the, the director is somebody who can really um shift a lot of the tone on the set right yes. you know what they bring like you know uh like m- most of my experience was predominantly like you know i'd get a line here or there yeah. um every once in a while i'd get like a like an actor credit uh but most of the time it was uh background, Your laugh. right you know <laughs> well yeah right you know but it was like most of the time it was background work and yeah. and even at that level like the director brought such a different tone if they like saw you as people or not you know mm-hmm. and and 
what's your experience been like with like have you ever been on sets with like really fucking atrocious ones or like yeah like you don't have to give names no and i absolutely will not yeah (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah and it's funny because there's almost like it's like a sliding scale for like the director and you could be like really good director really good energy bad director good energy like it's totally there's so many yeah exactly but there was one time yes and there's i'm thinking of two directors in particular but one of them was just like just miserable mean rude would just like push past people to get like just a a rude man Mm -hmm. um but since it was like so blatantly rude people were just like ah fuck that guy (laughs) like it literally like people were like fuck that guy yep like it just it didn't affect the set Mm -hmm. because we were all on the same page together. Right. And then it was also like, he would like push past me to go get something. Right. And then like s- a lighting guy would come over and be like, are you okay? That guy's such a fucking asshole. Yeah. It's like, like a, it's like just like the black cloud kind of moving exactly. around. Exactly. you're like, yeah. you just steer clear. Exactly. And, you know, every there was one time on. and it was like one of my like more like recent first times being on set. Um, and I like, I have a lot of anxiety totally. and it like all shake sometimes. And I also drink tons of coffee and which will shake again there. <laughs> and uh, so there was one time and I had to go up and like ask the director if like he liked, I, I was dealing with the background actors and I think I had to like ask him what apron he wanted on like the, the vendors in the back. So I like gave him the two options kind of a thing. And as I'm showing him the options, my hands are just shaking, shaking, shaking. And in front of like producers, execs, like really important people, he's just like, why are you shaking? And I was like, oh, just like so much coffee. You know, I was like a little bit of anxiety, lots of coffee. Like, sorry I'm, that I'm shaking. And then, and he just like got kind of weird about it. And then the next day at work, he saw me from like across the room. Everyone's setting up a shot. Actors all on set. Like everybody's there. Yells from across the room. Hey, Rachel, are you shaky today? How's that anxiety? And I was like. Fuck you. What? And then, like, like a few minutes after that, I was, like, over by the monitors, which is, like, obviously where he stays. Then he turns around, and he's, like, so what is with the anxiety? Is it, like, come from your mom or something? And I was, like... Are you negging me? Like, what is this? We are literally at work, sir. Yeah. Do you know where you are? Yeah. Like, it was, it was, it was so weird. And it's also, it was also a really weird thing in that moment, being, like, fairly new to being on set and not really knowing... Because, obviously, yeah. director... That's an important dude. Focus on your art. Like, exactly. And it's like, I don't want to upset a director because then they can, they can get me off the set in a second. Totally. Yeah. And so it was this weird thing of like, like going along with him, Mm -hmm. but also just like wanting to crawl into a hole and disappear and die. And I'm like, thank you for that. Thank you so much. That was so (laughs) kind. And he's like, it's funny to him. Like, it's like a joke for him. And it's just like Holy fuck. weird. So there's some directors are absolute nightmares mm-hmm. and some are just absolute angels yeah. and so fun and just like love it and yeah. so grateful and gracious and humble. And like, yeah, there's and that's just like the other crazy thing about film is what no matter who you're working with, whether it's like a director, a DOP, an actor. There's so many different types of people, yeah. especially in film. And unfortunately, there's tons of narcissists. Oh, yeah, big time. Like, tons of yeah. that. And tons of, like, toxicity. Mm-hmm. And it's really oh weird. Oh, my God. The background pool is just yes. riddled with monsters. Yes. Oh thousand percent of it. People who, like, their whole, like, reason for being is just to, like, point 
extra dramatically so that they can then be like, I look, yeah. mom, I'm yeah, anyway. Yeah. Literally, my f- I freaking love background actors. Oh, they're, they're, they're and angels f- and monsters. Exactly. You know? yeah. My favorite joke ever is just the way the background get treated. It's, <laughs> it's so time. mean. Big time. <laughs> they're like, where the fuck are the background? Get them in here right now. <laughs> they're like, where the fuck are the background here? Like, don't let them get in the lunch line. So they are people. Like, it's literally, they're people. My very first, my very first time as an actor, like a credited actor, uh, was on Hell on Wheels. Um, yes. <laughs> thank you. Uh, you were the wheels. I was the wheels. I was the wheels. <laughs> I w- that, was, that was me. That was me. Let me see if I can do it again. <laughs> I know those wheels anywhere. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love it. I love it. But it was like, you know, we, we, um, we uh, were dressed exactly like background because we were all like railway workers you know and so we have our lines and then they cut for they break for lunch and we go over to like where the prepared lunch is and this guy's like <laughs> backgrounds over there yeah like not even like you know just like backgrounds over there and um and i'm so glad i was i was with um this guy i was with because he was like a seasoned pro and he was like no we're we're talent and instantly like oh the change, oh the oh change. here take two here oh yes here have In a fact, sandwich here skip right. people right yeah you know and I was just like ooh I'm remembering this exactly you know? like, exactly but, but at the same time too I was like what changed like what changed oh now I'm a human like exactly but. it's the funniest and also like y- yeah you wonder why background are monsters we created them Literally. we made them that Literally. way yes like it's <laughs> And even just the whole thing. This is our Frankenstein. Yeah. And people that like don't work in the industry, they often don't realize that directors are not allowed to talk to background actors. That's right. And if a director speaks to a background actor, they have a right to ask for uh, an upgrade. Yeah. And because they then at that point, they are being directly directed by the director. (laughs) What a fun sentence. That's and something I only learned after I got paid on the Revenant. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's a that's a long boring story. It's a long boring story about being a bear. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what are your like? Think about your favorite friends. What makes them favorites? Is it a trait? Is it a is it a history? Is it like if you think about your favorites? What is it? What What is your absolute favorite friend and why? That's a great question. Oh, I love that so much. Um, and I mean, obviously, all of your friends are your favorites. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to pick and choose. Yeah, but no, like I won't name names, but it's like traits, you know? Yeah. Um, for me, the stuff I really value is uh, the people who, who like, <sighs> really what it comes down to is like they do stuff that I don't. You know, and so it's yeah. like it's like they check in consistently. They invite me out to stuff, you know, um, they just like I don't know. I really love I know it's corny, but it's like I love memes. I love getting videos sent, you know, Noted. What, wh- right. Like, thank you. Please remember, um, like, you know, one of my friends like he our, our chat is like there's no words. We yeah. I don't think we've texted in like a year. But it's we've texted almost every day because we're just constantly sending shit we find on the internet to each other, you know. 
and 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 so that kind of stuff. I just I I really like, um, yeah, I like consistency because I can't be consistent. I like check-ins because I never check in, um, and I just I also really value like I value curiosity, you know, about 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 yourself about the world mm -hmm. i love people who learn you know i love people who teach me stuff that they learn you know um i i uh, i had this realization a few months ago um i was feeling very like kind of i was i think maybe i could almost frame it as like i was having a little bit of imposter syndrome in terms of like processing through my 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 autism and and thinking about like well, autistic people have like special interests, which is already like kind of a dumb concept because it's like that's just like a socialized thing. Like, Literally. you know, a fucking holistic guy who lifts weights every day to the point where he's hurting his body. That's just an interest. But because it's seen as productive for society, it's not a special mm -hmm. interest. But like me liking action figures is a special interest, you know, but like anyway. So special. That's a, right. Exactly. Like I'm the you know, I'm the R word. Right. You know, but yeah. um, but um, I love people who who are passionate and are curious right you know and so it's like you know I, oh that that was the part of the story i was gonna finish was what i realized was that like my interest is learning you know like i it's not about any one thing i just like learning yeah. and so i think i value that trait in other people is like is just like yeah tell me about the weird shit you're into this week you know what i mean and like and it'll probably prompt me to suddenly get really hyper focused yeah. on it for, you know right so that's yeah, fun yeah i, I love like that, that stuff yeah um that really leads into, you know, um, that's like the core. That's really the core question for, for this show. I usually end up doing this one at the at the at the tail end, but that it dovetails so nicely that um, that, uh, you know, the heart of this whole show is like what what is a friend? You know, what is connection? All those things. And and so I guess, yeah, w what does it mean to you? I used to frame this as what does it mean to be a good friend? But I realized, you know, there is no good or bad. There's just yeah. like what? what feels right you know yeah. and so like what does it mean to you to be a friend yeah totally and I like because I really chewed this over a little bit because growing up like I didn't have many friends yeah I'd have friends for a couple months they dropped me like I notoriously have never had friends yeah like and the friends I had were my sister's friends that I'd hang out with and then I would totally. like talk to as if they were my friends but I was just like piggybacking off of my sister being like yeah this is my little sister she's coming along kind of a thing how many siblings do you have I have two older sisters okay third yeah. Yeah. Separated at birth, you and I. Quit narrating my life. Yeah. So now in like my life now, I'm like, what does it mean for like somebody to be a good friend to me or for me to be a good friend to somebody else? Honestly, like and I feel like it's kind of simple is just to genuinely care yeah. and want the best for them. And also being self-aware enough in yourself because my last friendship that ended was because they were just absolutely acting out of a very triggered like painful place yep. but it was so out of control it was a cut you out of my life mm -hmm. and it's like I I don't blame you for getting triggered I don't blame you for having those thoughts and feelings that you're having I 
do not like the way you handled it. Mm-hmm. I really do not like that. And I also just like I can't have that in my life. Yep. And so I'm like pretty freaking simple. Just genuinely care and mm-hmm. want the best mm-hmm. and be self-aware so that you're not just like being a fucking abusive person. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's, you know, that really leads into something that I'm all about, which is this feeling of like, you know, um, I often talk on the show about like, uh, I I, I want to say it was Ramdas who said, um, um, which is like such white guy with a podcast line, but it's like, um, um, you know, he says the only job you have in life is to love everyone and tell the truth, right? And yeah, and he says, love like loving someone doesn't mean for forgiving them. Mm-mm. It just means understanding that they're human. Exactly. And and so it's like I can give you love and I can give you empathy and I can also want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. You know. And and I think that that's like. That's a really hard dialectic to hold of like, oh, you're still human. I don't have to dehumanize you to justify my actions. And I can empathize with what you're going through, but I don't have to hold it. No, you know? absolutely I don't not. have to be around And it. that's a really hard lesson to learn, especially yes. as like just people that are naturally empathetic yeah. and can see both sides. Yeah. And that was like what I would probably classify as my downfall for a really long time Big was time, I too. did that too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course, you know, <laughs> the fun, the fun is real. You know, exactly. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's yep. a hard lesson. Fuck. An important one, though. Fuck, though. And it's that thing. It is that feeling of like, I mean, it's something that I'm coming out of right now that I'm processing is just like recognizing I, I, I used to think my attachment style was more avoidant. And I realized actually it's really uh, it's really anxious attachment mm. and it's really fawny and really people pleasing. Yeah. And, and I give and I give and I give and I give and then I'm burnt out. And I'm like and I'm you know, my back monologue is like I'm giving so much. Why aren't they giving the same? And mm. it's like, well, they've told you they can't. So yeah. why aren't you listening to them? Yeah. Like y- you're not going to suddenly, you know, shake them awake and give them this epiphany of, oh, I should be giving more when you're the one who's just giving too much. Yeah. Like stop giving. Stop. You know, just And you stop. have every right to. Exactly. Which is yeah. doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like you do. Yes. But yet it. Literally. Yet it's, it's, fuck, it's. Yeah. It's so scary though, right? Like it's scary to be like, oh, I can like. I can hold love for this person and also like say go talk to someone else. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, exactly. That's terrifying. And I actually I had somebody cut me out of their mm. life because I said that. Mm. I was like I really care about you and I'm so 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 sorry for what you're dealing with. I don't think that I am a good resource for you in times of crisis. Mm. Let me help you find some. Yeah. And they just snip snip. <laughs> snip snip. <laughs> hated it but then a few years later i got a message from them apologizing being hey. like listen that was a rough time and i was like yeah. baby i know you were 23 <laughs> it's hard being 23 babies having babies exactly you babies know? having babies <laughs> babies having babies <laughs> that's one thing oh my god the like the thought that you have anything figured out like even like i'm about to turn 36 and i'm like i don't know anything i don't know anything about anything i know nothing i know nothing i don't even know what i want to be when i grow up literally i don't even know what i am right now no i don't like and it's like and it's like for people there's this half of me that's like so awed by people who have that confidence and then there's this part of me that's like you're lying you're lying (laughs) right i see you you know exactly you're lying like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about no shut the fuck up shut the fuck up shut your fucking beautiful mouth yeah (laughs) (laughs) shut your really smart beautiful mouth (laughs) you know like no you don't know what the fuck you're talking about yeah like 
and that's that's better like i i the you know the so the the way i pay my bills now is is i'm i'm teaching online and it's like i'll encounter students who will sometimes like put on this tone where they're like talking about stuff that they clearly don't know anything about but they're scared and they're insecure yeah. and so they pretend like they're you know they sort of take control by talking like they know totally. and it's like i i i you know i do it very gently and i don't like call them out on it but i want to so badly of course i want to be like ruin them. we all see like everybody yeah. sees you and know? it's also okay which is fine yeah that's just it I, I you know i've started uh at the start of classes um like at the start of cohorts i've started including a part where i'm like basically like you're here to learn you're not here because you already know and so it's okay to not know 100%. it's actually better to not know like why would you waste your time if you already know exactly <laughs> yeah. you know good point. Good um point. i had a friend i think this was rooted in i had a i had a uh an ex-girlfriend actually in university who as we were breaking up she she said um uh everyone knows when you're lying they just don't have the energy to tell you <laughs> What a line. I know. And I was like. That would ruin me. Oh, I was for years. I w ow. Ow. But then also, like, I then look around and I'm like, yeah, I can tell when people are lying. Mm -hmm. and uh, But it's like, it's not worth it. Because no. it's just like, oh, you're just going through your shit. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like, and it so used to make me angry. Yes. Because like, and like, I have like a spidey sense for just like inauthenticity. Yes. And if like, and it pisses me off. Of course. If someone is like faking it. Yep. And it used to, like, really make me mad until I just, like, came around full circle and I was like, it's their process. Literally. It's literally just their process. Literally. Right? And it's like, and, and when you let go of that need to, like, enlighten them. Or yeah. Or, or control them. I mean, that's what it is. That's what, like, that's what the dark undertones of fawning is. thousand percent. Is, like, control. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, if you if you just go, well, this is what I feel. And you know i can tell you how i feel and then you can take it however you want and i can't control that like yeah. the 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 freedom that comes out of that you know seriously seriously it's so true it's so true one of the new sections that i wanted to bring into the show and you're you're the 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 test you're the test the guinea pig you're the guinea pig on on this question you're the very first time i'm trying it out Kay. and we have touched on it a little bit already but um it's a bit of a broader question about friendship, which is that, you know, we we speak often about being in community and, mm -hmm. and showing up in community and being a part of community. And and I I don't know if I have a clear singular definition of what that means. And so I'm curious to start that part of the conversation. Like, mm. what does it mean to you? Like, what does community mean to you? And what yeah. does it mean to be in community? Totally. Which is, yeah, like great questions because and community is one of those words where like, you you know about it forever, but like as like a teenager, you're like, what the fuck? I don't need community. I don't need a community center. I'm a lone wolf, like, mama. Yeah, literally. You're like, and it, it it wasn't until I moved out to Vancouver and like my mom drove me out, unpacked the car, drove back home, mm -hmm. and I felt like I had just spawned in a video game. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, where's the food? Where's the like? I just had to figure it out, and it it wasn't until that moment where I felt the impact of no community yeah and i didn't know what i was feeling at the time i was just like lost i was just a little like i literally freshly moved to vancouver walked around in the rain in my neighborhood <laughs> crying <laughs> listening course. to november rain <laughs> that was a little daily daily activity i had <laughs> was it november 
It wasn't. It oh. was like January. Oh, okay, fair. Okay, okay. In so the cold cathartic. January rain. In the cold January rain. <laughs> Everyone's got to be alone sometimes. <laughs> even you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. Um, but it, yeah, that was the first time that I really felt the impact of no community. And as a result, realizing and finally understanding deeply what is community. Yes. Because when, like, at, when I was in university... They kind of, like, freshly out of high school, I found that they kind of baby you into adulthood. Yeah. So immediately you're living in residence. That's a community. And like, mm-hmm. even just, like, being in classes and being in the same program, or, like, there's, you are immediately, like, introduced into communities. And then when you go into the real world, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And it, on, it took me probably one two maybe three years of living in vancouver before Mm. i found or felt any sense of community Mm. and it happened in a really beautiful way i was working at a coffee shop in south granville shout out small victory love them so much beautiful um and i was working as a barista and i was also going through what i call my dark days Mm. which is when i was in a terrible terrible relationship that was very abusive Mm. and everyone at work knew that I wasn't okay mm. before I did. I didn't, I literally didn't fucking know. I'm just trying to literally survive. Yep. And the way that people rallied around me was just like really humbling. And even just like my manager pulling me into the office and being like, are you okay? Like, yeah. do you, he's like, I'm seeing things in you that I, that I've lived and I'm yeah. concerned and just like, and then that slowly started to grow as things in the relationship got a lot worse and it got to the point where I had to run away and so I ran away one night and went to a friend's house and then went back the next day to get my cat because I was worried he was going to do something to my cat uh, for leverage and then and then I was like where I was literally homeless for a month I was couch surfing at the end of the month my parents got me an Airbnb for like seven days because they were like you're going through it and this sucks I was separated from my cat, but, and I, in that time where I was like, I, I had no idea what to do or how to do it or mm-hmm. anything like, and I, and I had no energy. I was empty. There was nothing inside of me. Mm-hmm. And that was when I felt community. Mm-hmm. And that was when the pastry chef was like, bring your cat to my house. Yeah. You can stay with me if you need to. When like other people that I work with or like, I, I'm having chills just yeah. even talking about it. Like people even just like I was outside one day and it was like after the like initial breakup and like I saw something terrible on social media and I just like went outside and just like broke down like on the little patio chairs and I think a coworker ran outside and was like kind of comforting me and a a regular customer walked by to come inside and like get their little coffee and pastry and then I ended up going back inside like settled myself down went back in and then that the the regulars came back in with a massive bouquet of flowers and she just walked up to me and she was like it looks like you're having a really rough day and she's like and life is hard and she's like and I'm so sorry but I just wanted to brighten your day in any way that I could so like here's a bouquet of flowers are you kidding me are you kidding me and then even like as that as that month of me like being homeless and displaced and not knowing like where my stuff was or like it was just the the people that rallied around me i didn't even know i had yeah. i didn't even know were on my side mm-hmm. i didn't even know would do the things that they did mm-hmm. but it's just that was community for me mm-hmm. and that was and it saved my freaking life like yeah. without a doubt and it was also like and then it extended from like that like coffee shop community 
kind of extended into just like other friends that yeah. are like, Rachel's not okay. Yeah. Like, what can we do? And I literally had friends like take me grocery shopping and buy me all my groceries. And I had to FaceTime a friend every time to be like, I'm eating today. Yeah. And I had a friend like whisk me away to Bowen Island when I was just in such a bad place and couldn't, couldn't move yep. and like, couldn't like my friends and my community kept me alive when I couldn't keep myself alive. Yeah. And, and I didn't know it was there and I didn't know, I didn't know it was accessible to me. And I didn't know at the time that I was worth it. Mm. Like I do now, but I had no idea that it would come back around mm -hmm. in the way that it did. Mm -hmm. And like, that was the first moment where I was like, community. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Yeah. It's like, it oh man. Yeah, it's heavy. Sorry. Like, no, it's beautiful. And it's just, it's, it's so evocative of like that deep, like spiritual definition of the word of like, it's the, it's like, it's almost hermetics. It's that thing of like the one in the all yeah. and the all in the one. And it's like the, the, you know, those are those moments that, you know, we talk about having community and then, and then I think it's almost like we kind of become blind to it a little bit because it's there and it's only when it like gets kicked in that you suddenly go, Oh fuck this, it's there again. And right? it's there you for know? me. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, that's amazing. I'm yeah. so glad you had that. Me like, too. Jesus. Me too. It yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I I feel like kind of stunned by it because it's just like it yeah, the like whew, you know, those feelings of like I have to admit I'm like having sort of like internal flashbacks of my own feelings mm. of like moving here yeah. and and like my life kind of falling apart and Forgive the, like, ADHD way of relating of, no, like... Oh, my God, of course, uh, do well, it. Well, it's just that thing of, like, you know, I hear a story and I'm like, that reminds me of a story, you know? Tell like, it. Which no, is, I like, such an autistic thing, right? But it's, like, just those feelings of emptiness and paralysis. And I remember moving here after my divorce and just being, like, destroyed, you know? And, yeah. like, and and you know, the people who showed up. And that doubles back to the idea of friendship and what the the traits I treasure in friends and the people I try to surround myself with is, is people who like clock that stuff yeah. and, and don't feel burdened by it. And, and it's not, um, it's not transactional, right? Never it's like transactional, right? It's like, Oh, a friend is in need. And so yeah. I, and this is what I have the capacity for. And it's not about like overgiving of like, Oh, I'm going to keep them. It's like, I'm going to do what I can. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. And it's also <sighs> like, I, because of what I went through, it got me in the practice of, of looking at every single other human being mm -hmm. as myself. Mm. We are all the same. Mm -hmm. We all just made different decisions. Yeah. But I could have made a decision that put me on a different trajectory and made me a, like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like we are. And like, that's why it's the world is so hard is yeah. because it's like, we are, we are all just one little guy yep. trying our best. <laughs> <laughs> like, here we are again trying literally. our best and it's just like like and having someone ran that i literally i just served coffee to a few times a week mm -hmm. buying me a bouquet of flowers yeah. like i'm gonna do that God, you know what so i mean yeah. you're gonna walk into a coffee shop barista not having a good one yeah get them something yeah even if it's the next day or something like that's it goes so far and it's a foundation that i feel like when it comes to rebuilding, especially when you're at the place of emptiness and paralysis and nothing and no energy, I feel like it's 
when you have to rebuild, it's community that lays the initial foundation. Big time. And then you can build on top of that. Because it's not just one person no. doing it. It's a whole exactly. you know, group, right? And, and, it's, and, so and it's you don't too have much. to pull from one. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. And like to to try to imagine to rebuild on your own mm-hmm. is impossible. Big time. Absolutely impossible. Big time. But if there's a community that can help you lay a foundation, mm-hmm. you're fine. And then giving you that space. Exactly. You know? And I think, you know, this is the sort of the last kind of section I wanted to, yeah. to, to I've, I've got a couple of other things, but um, I, I also want to leave room for at least one more question from you. Great. But, uh, but, but, you know, the, the other sort of element I think for me, where I truly felt like I was starting to come to life was when I tapped into the queer community here. And when I started being more honest about myself and about who I am and about my queerness and started exploring that part of it mm-hmm. and getting to be open and honest about it and and realizing how beautiful and supportive the queer community here can be, you know, and and and. You know, I mean, they're all still people, so there can obviously still be shitheads. Of course, but it's like, course. you know, they're just shitheads who suck dicks. Yeah, you exactly. Know, but like <laughs> we love a shithead that sucks some dick. Love them. Love to you see them. Right? <laughs> love to see them, you know, baby. Come on over. Shut your beautiful mouth. <laughs> yeah. Shut your beautiful mouth, you know. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, like, but, you know, we were talking a little bit before we were recording about, you know, these feelings that we yeah. really share about, like, you know, sort of like heteropresenting queerness. And is there and space for me in the yeah, community yeah. if that is what I am or see myself as? Exactly. Or, yeah. And so I'm curious what, yeah, what has, you know, in, in as much as you're comfortable sharing, yeah. obviously, like what has your experience been like in, in tapping into the community and then also, yeah, exploring, you know, because, yeah, b- bisexuality to this day continues to be, it's not hot button, but it's like it continues to be um, an irksome literally you know like i when i came out last year um you know i had a a a a few like you know gay men who were like well you're not actually out yet because you're still dating a woman and you know and like saying that directly to me and like well how is that a queer community you know how is that a queer relationship and it was like whoa okay like yeah but um, which is why like i didn't know that there was room for me in the mm -hmm. queer community because i was like i have mostly been in straight presenting relationships mm-hmm. and I and I'm not and I know that I'm not as oppressed as so many of the other people that I love and so I was like I I didn't allow myself to have space in that community because sure. I was like it's not for me but and I I recognize that this is a position of privilege but it's like it's almost like Framing your existence based on your oppression isn't helpful for anything. It's not. You know, like, I yeah. mean, I, and, and obviously you can recognize it and acknowledge it and work towards liberating it. Totally. But it's like b- living pain forward doesn't help you and it doesn't help your community. No, you know? no, like exactly. And it wasn't until I had like some like really deep conversations with like Jake and with Ren and with other people that and I and I said, I was like, I literally feel like a fraud. Like, I feel like a fraud. Yep. And I, and I was like, and so if, like, I was like, then why should I, I, I just, I just couldn't, I just didn't, I don't know. I was just really struggling with myself and where do I fit and stuff. Yep. And, like, we had a lot of, like, really long and deep in-depth conversations, like, full of tears where they were just like, like, this is for you. Mm-hmm. This is for you. And mm-hmm. we want you there. And we will love you there. And... Like, you have every right to be there. Mm-hmm. And once I kind of, like, started 
starting kind of accepting that a little bit mm-hmm. and just like or trying to accept it even if I couldn't believe it of trying to like start the steps of like well what what does that look like what does that feel like am I like what is it all just in my head mm-hmm. turns out cr- yes it was that's what reality yes, is. yes it was <laughs> um reality doesn't exist exa- you. it doesn't exist sure doesn't <laughs> and it was and then it was at that point where I'm like and I went to more events and I started like just like hanging out more in the community and going to more like ev- like events like I just said <laughs> and <laughs> then I realized that I was like this this has been one of my most important communities even when I thought I didn't belong mm-hmm. it was always the queer community yep. that could lift me back up big time always yep. and and so then it's like great that is my place in the yes. community is to lift others up big time like I don't and like after going through the dark days that I went through it was hard to not like see myself as a victim and as somebody that just lived through fucking hell Mm -hmm. and should not have lived and then I did yeah and then I was like well well there's no space for me to be a victim and it's like no there isn't you're absolutely right because you're not a victim bitch you're not a victim yes you just survived something and it was terrible yeah it's terrible yeah but it's over well and that's the whole uh, is that not the root of that conversation that that part of the conversation that talks about how like framing it as victim versus survivor yeah is what like because it's like if you're a victim you're powerless but if you're a survivor it's like yeah that shouldn't have happened but you still i did it you know yeah right you know like you still you know, and it's it's also that that whole framing of like, and you're not there now. So like, mm-hmm. yes, it was scary, and yes, exactly. it was awful, and yes, it shouldn't have happened, but yeah. it did, and you're not there now. So exactly. you are safe here. Exactly. Right? You know, like yeah, and so then it's like, and that's my, and what what a better wait, hmm, huh? How do I say this? <laughs> there could not be a better way. Yes. For me to give back than to do exactly what was done for me in mm-hmm. my darkest, worst days. Yep. Like give back do that and then and like community taught me how to be a friend in Mm. that sense it like taught me how to how to fucking care even if i'm like oh but like i don't know them that super well i don't want to overstep whatever like it's fine yep it's fine yeah you know that's so funny i i think i've noticed some of the some of the like most meaningful gestures um let alone in the last year and a half if not like just my life often come from people who you wouldn't expect from people who yeah. I've just met from yeah. people who I'm only just building, you know, like uh, it, it's almost something that like, and this is not to shade long-term friends, which I don't have many of, but like, but, but like you get kind of complacent, you know, mm-hmm. cause you, you knew each other at a different time. And so your understanding of each other is sort of rooted in that. Yeah. And, and, and it's actually through new connections that you you get surprised and 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 I find it almost in a in a way almost easier to show up for new friends you know because mm-hmm. you don't have baggage right absolutely <laughs> right yeah. um, and so it's like yeah I don't know I almost would encourage people to be like don't you know um, <laughs> funny enough this is actually something I was just working on with my therapist the other day about yeah. like about uh, it was about starting to date again and it was like don't go on a date comparing it to anything just exist within it yeah just live it and don't say it was a good date compared to it was a bad date compared to it was better than it was worse than just just let it be just let it be right you know and so like releasing the baggage and and releasing the like 
well, we've only known each other for X amount of time. So I can, I'm at this part of the escalator. It's like instead be like, well, I'm observing somebody who is currently needing this that I can give. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Just witnessing people and meeting them where they're at. And how can, again, how can I help you be your best? Mm -hmm. Which is what I am so thankful for all my friends, to all my friends for, is they just make me the best person. Yeah. Witnessing. I love that term. Witness. Witness me. Witness me. (laughs) And I'll witness you. And I'll be your witness. (laughs) Working on my fitness. He's my witness. My other question is, who is your favorite horror villain? Well, I mean, um, um, my favorite... Like my f- all-time absolute favorite yeah. monster, I wouldn't call him the villain. Okay, but fair, my fair, fair, fair. absolute all-time favorite monster is Frankenstein's monster. Ooh yeah, yeah. Will Boris Karloff, my boy. Hell yeah. Um, um, but he, I would argue he is the the tragic hero of that story. I believe you. Um, Absolutely. Especially in the second one, you know, mm. she hate me. You know, <laughs> louder, <laughs> right? louder. Like, she hate me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that sounds like the bear from the Revenant. <laughs> I also really love, I've always wanted to sample the, like, friend, good. <laughs> friend, <laughs> Smoke, good. <laughs> so wholesome I when you think about it's it. so cute. So wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I adore Frankenstein's monster, but um, I think in terms of, like, pure bad guy, bad guy, I think it would come down to either Ghostface or Freddy, I think, <gasps> are my guys. Love, love, love. Right? Yeah. Um, Ghostface, I just like Scream. I think is my favorite series. So of good. Slashers. So I just good. adore it. Yeah. I don't think, like, even the worst screams are still better or than s- yeah. most Agreed. horror movies. You know. Um, and then Freddy is just—he's just fun. He's just he's fun. So fun. He's a fun guy. Freddy. You know? Do you know what my cat's name is? Is it Freddy Krueger? Freddy Cougar. <laughs> Get it? She's a cat. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it, love it. I think oh. it's so funny. Freddy fucking rules. I Freddy just, Cougar. you know, Freddy, uh, Freddy three, like the, yeah. uh, whatever the Dream Warriors. Yeah. I just like incredible. And he is a comedic genius. Oh, his his timing is impeccable. Impeccable. <laughs> you know impeccable. It's all Everything about, I know, know, I learned from Freddy Krueger. Literally, <laughs> like, like I just, I know, I know it's it's played out, but just like Welcome to Prime Time, bitch, is just like it, it's an all timer. It's just like. It's, it's timeless. Arnold could never. He you know, wishes. Right? He you know, really wishes. You know, Freddy could Arnold, but Arnold could never could ne- Freddy. Could never Freddy. Could <laughs> never Freddy. He wouldn't even know what to do with those gloves. Literally. They don't fit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, how about you? Who's your Who's your favorites? Freddy, Freddy, Freddy. Krueger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Jason Voorhees used to be a big favorite of mm. mine until... He was, like, also a favorite of, like, one of my other friends that is no longer a friend. Mm. And so now there's just, like, a direct relation. There's the to impulse Yeah. Yep. So it's, like, I used to really love Jason mm-hmm. until it was, like, became not safe to like Jason Fair. in my brain. Yeah. And so then I shifted over to Mr. Mike Myers. Ugh, love him, love him. I was going to ask about, like, because there's, like, there's the trope of, like, the silent slasher. Yeah. And then there's the trope of, like, the, like, The funny know, guy. The funny Freddy. guy, right? You know? And... And I'm always kind of undecided. I I find, I find with Jason movies, um, I I end up liking the bit players way more than him. 
That's fair. Um, because he's just such a prop. Like he's just there for the kid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, he's basically a dildo. You know, he's like a big old dig. Right. You know, <laughs> he's a diggle biggle. You know, <laughs> big old pickle. <laughs> but like, but then and 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 like Michael Myers, um only really has like two good movies out of the whole That's swath true. so That's it's true. hard for me to like like mm-hmm. him you know but um mm-hmm. but like yeah i think i like my my killers with personalities you fair. know that's fair but uh how what are your freddy versus jason thoughts oh i love it it's me? that was it's one of my favorite movies and everyone loves to shit all over it <laughs> it's the funniest freddy versus jason is what got me into it's, horror movies it <laughs> is so <laughs> fucking funny oh my god we literally oh, i have to tell this i have to tell this story um as a kid i was like traumatized by horror movies i when my when my parents went through the divorce my dad went through a period where he would just watch what kind of like he wanted to watch or what my brother wanted to watch and my brother was a lot older than me and so they would just watch like whatever you know like i saw pulp fiction when i was like six (laughs) you know like um and you know so they will they would watch like like i saw like david cronenberg's the fly when I was like seven, eight years old, you know, That's I, a had, lot. I had nightmares about the little maggot baby of course you would. for yeah. like yeah. two years, you know, um, I couldn't eat Swanson TV dinners after watching Tremors, you know, like it was yeah. just like it was a lot, yeah. you know. So I, I, I always wanted to be into horror because there was something so fun. Yeah. There was something so like dangerous yeah. about it. I always loved the posters, um, loved like Chucky posters, even though they were like scary, but totally. it was like fun, scary, yeah. you know. Um, but I was never brave enough to watch them. And then I was at a party one time and the guy whose house it was uh, put on Freddy versus Jason. And I couldn't be like, no, I'm scared. I yeah, of be course. Like, you're like, oh, yeah. Right. Cool. Fuck yeah. Cool Can't movie. wait. You know, inside you're like, oh, fuck, you know, <laughs> better run not be a TV dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Get that TV dinner away <laughs> from me. You know, I'll be having dry foods yeah. tonight. <laughs> Hash browns only. Only. <laughs> <laughs> hash brown safety food. It's hash browns. Hashtag hash brown heaven. Hashtag hash brown heaven. Um, but I watched Freddy vs. Jason and I was like, this is incredible. This yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's it's bloody. It's so camp. It's so campy. I mean, Kelly Rowland should not be dropping the hard F word the way she is that casually. But, like, we can forgive her. <laughs> we sure can. You know. She's sh- Kelly after all. She is Kelly. You know, she did that song with Nelly. It's fine. Kelly and Nelly. You know? Kelly and Nelly. But, um, yeah, no, that movie's fucking incredible. And it, I hold it up as yes. I, it might be my favorite of both of their series. Same. Like, it might be the best one. I, I yeah, yep, 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 yep. Okay, love, love that you love it because I, like, and I have, like, a lot of friends that are, like, big horror movie buffs, but, like, kind of, like, not, like, pretentious about it, but kind of pretentious about it. Do they really like the Babadook? Absolutely, they do. Absolutely. Wait, uh, uh, I. <laughs> <laughs> When I was still living in Edmonton, I was kind of dating this guy that wasn't like the best, but it was one of those on off, on off, on off, on off. Sure. And I was like living with like my friend, my best friend at the time. And she went back on his Facebook and like we were all like friend groups. And so she went back on his Facebook and found like this really funny picture of him when he was like dressed up for his graduation, I think. He had like a little top hat on and stuff and he literally looked like the Babadook. <laughs> And so now every time I think of the Babadook, I just think of, like, my ex, <laughs> which checks out. Love it, it checks out. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. I just, I don't know. I, 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 sorry, I don't mean to cut the story off. I just, like, I it found that over. movie in, intolerable, but, uh, but, but. So fair. 
But that was the story. Oh, it was the okay. It was the pretentious. Yeah, I just like who's the guy who directed like Hereditary and Midsummer. I always want to say Ari Aster, but I know it's not. I don't. I um, mm, I don't know the name. That's I don't fine. know the name. Who cares? Um, I liked those. I really yeah. liked those. Yeah. But there is this movement in horror now that's like to be like the monster was her trauma all along, right? And it's like, no, I want my monster to just like I said, uh, like I want my monster to be a dildo that kills you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, I'd watch that. Right? Yeah. You know, actually, Do you watch The Simpsons? Uh, not for a long time, but okay. I have. Does Hell to Pay sound familiar? No. They, I think it was one of their. What was it? I think it was one of their Halloween episodes, and. I think his name was Snake, the like bad guy. Yeah, oh, kind of talks good. like this. Yep, 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 yep. And I think he got like executed or something. <gasps> yes. But then Homer gets the hair transplant from like Snake's hair. Yes. And then like becomes the killer. <laughs> and it's like the fact that it's called Hell to Pay. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's, that's the shit I need. Literally, make me a real Hell to Pay yes. full length movie. Mm, 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 mm. Mm, mm, mm. I I just I I. <laughs> <laughs> I I have this one. I just have to close this loop because my 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 all time absolute favorite horror movie line of any horror movie ever is is uh, Friday the Thirteenth. I want to say it's part four or five. I can never Fair. remember. I can never get the numbers I, in order it's, it's, and it's until I start one, watching it. Right? It's the one when it's the one with Corey Feldman. So it's either four or five. Um, but at the start, it's like Jason's dead and he's in a hospital and there's these orderlies. And the, or the 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 nurse she thinks uh, Jason is like this guy Axel, and she goes, Axel, I'm not faking any more <laughs> orgasms for you. <laughs> I, I every time I scream, I scream. It's the perfect line, and her reading on it is so good. She's expecting Axel Rose. Literally, you know. <laughs> And then, of course, then, you know, Jason kills her and Axel and, 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 and many other else. people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is so fed up with Axel's shit. Fuck. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, I know. Literally, you tell him. Tell him. You tell him. You got the wrong guy, but you tell him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Horror movies. I just, yeah. It was, the you know, the one that stuck with me. Did you ever watch The Changeling? Is like from the eighties. No, re- I don't I think mean, I did. I've never rewatched it. Um, I've always meant to, but I've never been brave enough. Yeah. It's about a guy. His wife, I believe, dies, and he, for one one reason or another, moves into this house that he finds out is haunted by this little boy ghost in a wheelchair, and it's just yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. It's like just terrifying. I think it's held up as a really good one, but um, I'll never know because it traumatized me. I'll never me. know. I will never watch it again. Ever, Got it. Ever, Got ever, it. ever. I'll watch it for you. I'll let you know. Please, actually. And then I come over. I'm like, what have you done? You fucked me <laughs> <Yeah>. for life. <laughs> I'm in the psych ward. Just blame my dad. Just yeah. blame my dad on that one. My dad so put bad. it on. And, you blame know, him for everything. Actually, blame Leonard Malton is what it is. Got um, it. He was really big onto the, the Leonard Malton review books. Okay. Um, And I'm sure Leonard Malton gave it. Was like, you gotta. Right? You gotta. Gotta do it. Gotta Fuck gotta. your kids up good. Fuck them up. You got one job. <laughs> Fuck your kids up. Dads? You got one job. Fuck them up. Fuck them up. Drag them. Let's go, boys. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my God. We have got so long. We're hitting the loopy stage. We're hitting here. We're, we're burning right. out. We're burning out. Burn Let's out. wrap this up. Let's. Um, so uh, to, to leave on kind of a, on a bit of a positive note, um, 
what is one actionable thing that listeners could do this week to try and be a friend or show up to a friend better? Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to go back to my little story of somebody bringing me that bouquet of flowers. Yes. And I'm just going to just do, do one thing for one of your friends. Doesn't yeah. matter if they're having a hard time, a good time. Literally just next time you see a friend, I should go up to their house, whatever. Bring them something. A little mm. treat. Little little flower. Little, I don't know, little painting you did. Yes. Little, just bring them something and just be like, appreciate you. Ugh. Really appreciate you. Oh I am good. grateful to know you. Grateful to have you in my life. Mm. And I want you to know that. Ugh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That Give would keep gift. me going. Yeah. Right? Oh, my God. I love gifts. Uh, me too. My love, my love language is getting gifts. Getting them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to get me a gift. Literally. <laughs> If you want my love, you must pay for it. <laughs> Just saying, you know. But um, Rachel, you're fucking incredible. You are. Like, this has been so much fun. So fun. You know, we were talking before. We were like, I think, you know, like you were talking about, like, oh, what if, what if it's scary? What if we're not Ugh. comfortable? And then, and I definitely had anxiety about, like, you know, because we're still quite new yeah. friends and like we're still getting to know each other totally. and like. This has been absolutely magic. It's just like it's 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 one of the things I remain very grateful f- for about the show. But like, it's also because of you is that like, just the opportunity to connect with somebody and hear their stories and and like uh, and and you have brought such an incredible energy and like you continue to bring such an incredible thank energy. You. Like, I just think you're amazing Aww. and I can't wait to get to know you better. Aww, so, you know, thanks, like, James. Yeah. Literally, vice versa. I, this was super fun. Super comfy. Right. Yeah, I've forgotten about the microphone that I was scared about. Right. Here, it, here it now lives. Love it. Against my little chin. <laughs> it's just rested <laughs> at the little perch. Where it is. <laughs> no, you're the best. Thank, Thank you. you. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, very last thing. Um, do you have anything coming up you want to plug? And is there anywhere that you would like listeners to find you? Um, I mean, feel free to follow me on Instagram if you want to f- see some film stuff for my stories. Fuck yeah. It's always fun. The Lil Rach. The Lil Rach. L-I-L, Lil Rach. <laughs> um, nothing to plug, just um, I work in Hallmark movies, so if you're a little Hallmark fan, keep watching. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All that stuff's going to be in the show notes, and uh, yeah, uh, I need to figure out a new button for this. I don't know. Thanks. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs> And that's it. Thanks once again to Rachel for coming on and recording live for this special kickoff episode of season six of Friendless. If you like this episode, please be sure to give it a five-star review wherever you listened and tell a friend. Every review helps, so please help. (laughs) If you want to support the show even more, why not sign up for the now weekly Substack newsletter? Every Wednesday, you're going to get a jam-packed update, including a brand new essay about the wacky world of my brain, a new playlist of curated songs, and a recommendation of one thing that I've been hyper-fixated on that week. And if you join the paid subscriptions, you'll get access to not only the discussion board where I'm growing a dedicated little community of fellow sweet peas, but also behind the scenes looks at what I'm working on and early access to new writing, as well as access to the Little Guy series, which is an exclusive uh, essay and audio series I'll be launching soon dedicated to exploring some of the topics discussed on the show more in depth. 
all that and so much more for just five bucks. I think it's well worth your consideration, so give it a look. But that is it from me this week. I'm so excited to be back and sharing these new interviews with you. I will be back next week with another brand new, incredible episode, and I hope to catch you there. But before then, I'm not going to worry about it, and neither should you, because that is then, and this is now. So for now, I'll just say I love you, and I wish you well. Fun and safety, sweeties. <laughs>